You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 373 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. Now, listeners may hear that Gina has a croaky voice, and you may recognize this from last week when Gina had a croaky voice. But the reason is we're pre-recording, so we're actually doing two episodes back-to-back, and we're doing that because Gina's... um. Well, despite the fact that she should have learned her lesson that uh, about not partying hard, she's going to be partying hard. Well, not quite. She's got interstate visitors. Some uh, great mutual friends of ours are going to visit her and no doubt they will have a few late nights Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. Um, So who knows if Gina's voice will ever recover. But anyway, (laughs) we are pre-recording and that's why you're hearing um, Gina's, you know, husky (laughs) voice two two episodes in a row. So we've got a great episode for you this week because we're chatting to Lucy Valentine, photographer Lucy Valentine, to talk about what she does in her photography practice and what she learned off-camera flash in, learned about off-camera flash in just one week. But before we get onto that, we want to give a big shout out to Matt Zahn. Now, Matt has been in the podcast community for ages, Mm -hmm. um, years, I think. And if you're not in the podcast community, make sure you come and join over on Facebook. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. Now, Matt has said, he posted recently in the community, I was listening to the episode with Janine Meyer on pet photography recently. Fantastic story and journey. Just booked two dog shoots that will round out my best year as a photographer. I topped 7500 as a side gig with those bookings. Much of that success I owe to Gina Militia and all of you in this community and the gold when I was involved with that. Thanks, everyone, for your critiques and suggestions throughout the years. Absolutely fantastic. Good on you, Matt. So good to see you going from strength to strength. Um, And love the fact that you've gotten a lot out of the listener community and, of course, the gold community. For those of you who are wondering what the gold community is, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the gold community. I'm passionate about helping the members of the Gold community. They're amazing photographers and I love seeing them progress in leaps and bounds. Here's what VJ Brito had to say. I think with you, the thing is, it's almost like I'm talking to a friend and your responsiveness is so amazing. It's like I have my own personal coach all the time. Hey, Gina, how can I set this up? Okay, and Gina is like right there discussing this with me and you know setting this up for me. That's really amazing. And it, it's such a big help, especially like on the days, like I mentioned, my first shoot, you know, that was, that's where I realized the value that you bring with this whole setup. And I'm so thankful to have you as part of my journey that you've helped me through. And I look forward to, you know, being working with you through this next five years or Thanks. more. Thank you, VJ. It's like it's my greatest joy seeing everyone, um, you know, progress and uh, you know shine as photographers. And I've got big plans for you. So uh, thanks again. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, head to GinaMilitia.com and click on memberships. All right, let's move on to this week's guest, Lucy Valentine. Oh, yeah, Lucy's is, Lucy's just gone from strength to strength. She joined the gold community oh, in 2020 or so, and Lucy absolutely loved shooting with daylight. 
So Gina and Lucy kind of used to exchange a few conversations, shall we say, about what, about daylight versus flash. You know, a lot of people kind of think that daylight is really beautiful, which it is, and that flash is a little bit harsh and a little bit ugly. But that's not necessarily the case because you just need to use flash in the right way. So as a result of mentoring Lucy, Gina was able to help Lucy understand that um, while daylight is fabulous, flash could really, really get you to the next level because there was so much, there's so much more flexibility and there's so much more that you can do with flash. The great thing about Lucy was her willingness to ask questions and follow Gina's advice. And that means in the space of, you know, the 18 months or so that she's, she's managed to create a very profitable headshot and portrait business. She lost her day job in the pandemic, but is now busier than ever. So the great thing is also that Lucy mastered flash photography in less than one week. Yes, it's possible. So in this chat with Gina, Lucy talks about her past life as a publicist for brands like, well, for bands, sorry, like Snoop Dogg, Nine Inch Nails, Dr. Trey, No Doubt, and so on. Um, she talks about her how she overcame her reluctance to shoot with flash, the benefits of embracing the selfie, her garage lighting project, shooting high volume headshots of female leaders. And I think that that's really interesting because sometimes you need to go shoot a headshot in a particular organization and it's not just one or two, it is like the whole floor. <laughs> she talks about attracting new clients versus chasing new clients, which is an important distinction. The positive benefits of giving the amazing success of her front steps project. You've got to listen to that one. Her flower photography. And of course, I think this is really important, the benefits of personal projects. And she talks about heaps more. So let's plunge straight into the chat with Lucy Valentine. Hello, Gina. Hello, Lucy. Now we can pretend that we haven't done this before, <laughs> but we have. We did this three months ago and uh, I botched up the recording, which I do apologize. And then we've tried to reschedule this how many times and we all sorts of things. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but, but I'm very, very excited because you've been an absolute legend in the last three months. So I think we've got like so much more to talk about. So this is fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, I'm so, so, you. so, so excited to have you on the show. Before we start, I need to ask you, where in the world are you? I am in San Francisco, California. Fantastic. And you're coming into fall there. Do you, do you get fall or is it still quite mild? Well, I think compared to a lot of places, it's really mild. It's... Um, Maybe, well, you know, I'm in degrees, you're in Celsius, right? Yes, yes. But it's 10 degrees less. Yeah, so you, <laughs> so. you, you take away 40 minus the, and carry the three yeah. pi to yeah. R squared. It's not, and it's, it's, it's cold. It's, yeah, it's 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 not cold. It's not enough to wear any of my winter coats in oh, my really? closet. Wow, wow, wow. So it's quite mild. Yeah, and by the way, it's so good to hear your voice. Your voice is sounding wonderful again. Oh, I'm excited to have my voice back. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> and I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, the, the, the entire reason that Zero to Hero started was there was a couple of you. There was Carla Liv uh, Livney and you who asked all the right questions, and I'm like, wow, these guys ask all the right questions. And um, <laughs> you're just a dream for a teacher to teach someone like you because it's like I give you I give you the advice and you not only take it, you go off and do it and then um, one-up me. But you are very stubborn, which was a challenge for me. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're the typical I, I, uh, lover of um, daylight. Is that right? 
Uh, I was, but I have to say that I absolutely am not anymore. And probably three months ago when we first tried to have this call, I was even more of a lover, but now I'm a I, I have seen the light (laughs) and I'm still, and I'm still stubborn though. (laughs) You are still stubborn, but that's a delight for me. It just uh, keeps me on my toes. Now, before all of this, in a past life, you were quite a, quite the rock star. You had the, the, like the rock star existence as a, a publicist for rock stars. Do you want to just quickly explain like what your role was there? Cause I was, incredibly impressed. Drop some names for us, Lucy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, um, right after college, I went to Los Angeles, which is the, um, center of the world when it comes to the music industry, probably back then it was probably still is now. And I accidentally got a job as a publicist. I (laughs) I got the, I got the job as a receptionist. And then this woman named Lori took a liking to me and, um, you know, invited me into her world. And I was what's called a tour publicist, which meant that I got to be um, with all of the artists coming through that um, were doing these things called concerts, which were things we used to have before the (laughs) pandemic. And I would get to be in the pit right in front of the stage with all of the photographers. I would usher them in and send them out and um, name drop. Um, Let's see. um, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Gwen Stefani, Nine Inch Nails. Um, I'm going to stop there for now. <laughs> that's, um, that's pretty impressive. Do you think that um, 20-something-year-old Lucy had any clue when she was sitting there amongst the photographers in the mosh pit that one day you wouldn't be in a mosh pit but you'd be holding a camera and, you know, in this completely different career now? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I do remember slowing down um, in the middle of a chaotic rock concert just to enjoy what the photographers were doing. And there was something that really delighted me about it. But no, <laughs> I had absolutely no idea. And um, I go ahead. No, no, you keep going. Sorry. I was going to say, I, um, if you're hearing any strange noises, it's my dog scratching on the door yeah, and we I, know that. I am, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're well, well versed in dogs misbehaving on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you had no idea and did you have any idea? Cause I, what blows me away at this point is you have only been, um, learning and working on your photography for four years. Is that right? Yeah, it is. I'm about to hit year five in December. I got my first camera ever on Christmas from my husband. Um, five, four, I, you know, yeah, it's going to be, I'm starting year five. That's December 25th. Yeah. And one thing we say in the gold community a lot that I keep banging on about that not many people talk about this is that it's, it takes till year five to get going. You've proven me right, haven't you? <laughs> it's like it's all happening. is exploding left, right, and center for you at the moment, isn't it? Yes, it really, ha- it really started to take off for me during the pandemic. Yep. Yeah, um, and I really pushed through some comfort zone issues and challenged myself and upgraded everything that I do. But I still have a lot to learn. Yeah. As we we all do. We all do. It's like, you know, I think we're always the student, never the master. And I think that's a great attitude to have, Lucy. I want to go back to that first moment where you pulled that brand new camera out of the box (laughs) four, nearly five years ago. What was that? And why, why did you um, want the camera and what were you using it for back then? Okay. So I have no idea why I wanted a camera. Um, I just decided a few months beforehand that I wanted a new hobby and I asked on Facebook, Hey, does anybody have any used cameras that I can borrow? I think I'd like to learn photography. I, I, 
the only thing that I, the only thing that I can think of is that photography is actually in my blood. And I just didn't know it because my father always had a camera or a video camera with him. So he, he was never in the pictures and he was constantly taking pictures of his family, everything that he saw in front of him. And so, um, so my husband surprised me with a, a little Canon Rebel, uh-huh. and um, it was the most magical Christmas I've ever had. And I think I used auto, you know, within five minutes of getting it, and took pictures of my sons. And I thought they were the best photos that anyone has ever taken. <laughs> <laughs> we all do that. <laughs> yes. So it's always good to be knocked down a bit (laughs) by showing your pictures, by showing your pictures to other people. And it was, um, you know, the first uh, couple of months were just this amazing journey. Well, I mean, it was more than a couple months, right? It's been four years of an amazing journey of learning. And I've never wanted to learn as much as I've wanted to learn photography. I think those first few months, I stopped watching my favorite TV shows. I stopped reading regular books. All I was doing was digesting tutorials and reading photography books and going to photography classes. And I needed to know everything about photography within five minutes. <laughs> yeah, as we all so do. But that's that, the thing. When you find yeah. that thing that you love, you become obsessed yeah. about it and suddenly Netflix doesn't matter, eating doesn't matter, going to all – you're just consumed by it and, and loving it 24-7. Yep. So that was – yeah. We we met. It's only been a year, right? No, I think it's been two. well. So I, I want to say it's been two. Yeah. What I first did, of of course, was obsessively listen to all of your podcasts right, before right. saying, "Hey, I want to be a gold member." Um, and so that was maybe through two, three months, and then I decided to pull the trigger on on the gold membership, and I feel like. I, I know exactly the photos. I, w- I was on a road trip with my husband and I was taking um, photos of kind of back roads, decaying buildings yeah, and yeah. things and, and listening to your podcast. So if I looked at the photos, I could actually timestamp yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I want to say it's been about two years by now, maybe right. a year and a half. Okay. And so typically um, you go from that, you know, start photographing the grungy buildings and then there's this love of daylight because I had the same love affair with daylight and no one could tell me that there was any artificial light in the world that could match the beauty of daylight you could couldn't do it because I tried (laughs) and it was ugly and we had the same we had the same issues with you I remember you you remember you had that um front room where the daylight was beautiful and I'm like yeah but you can get this with um flash you know Lucy and you're like no not not as good as this I've got flash on camera do you want to talk about that (laughs) yeah I mean I I I think it's more complex than that because I also my eyes were not trained to see the beauty of a lit photo and the and the high dimension of a lit photo. My eyes were also not trained to see the difference between bounced light and directional light, mm. artificial, you know, both yep. of those being artificial. So I, yes, I I was stubborn and sticking to my guns that natural light was the only way to go. But I also knew that there was something wrong and I wasn't sure what it was. And it turned out that it was lighting, (laughs) that that I, I wasn't getting the depth of beauty that I wanted in my photos. Um, so, um, and there was something else I was going to say, and I just lost it. That's really not good when you're in the middle of a podcast interview. <laughs> that, that's okay. I'm going to say, so you're stubborn, so am I. So I stuck to my guns and so did you, and there was sort of like a bit of a standoff for a while where you would post. Yes. And I would say, that's flash on camera. It's nice because you've got that little bit of fill and you've got the the daylight, and I'm like, but we can improve on this. And then there was – a bit of back and forth, back and forth, and we basically, um, I live 
coached you over the course of a couple of weeks. No, it was even yes. a week. And I got you across the line. I got I converted you. <laughs> it took yes. a while, but it was like, what was that moment like when you just went, oh, I see. Yes, and, and, and actually I want to backtrack because I remembered what I was going to say in that I had spent an inordinate amount of money on tutorials about lighting mm -hmm. and not, not from you, and I just didn't get it. Everything had a piece missing, so I would not get to the finish line. Um, and understand exactly what light was. So I think I was also digging in my heels with you because I didn't think you were going to be able to solve the problem either. Fair and then enough. you did. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you did with your peeling potatoes technique. And, <laughs> and it was, I mean, just... You know, I I had tried. I had gotten this shoot through thing, umbrella thing, where the where the speed light went backwards and forward, and it just I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about manual, and you taught me all of that stuff so that I could. Con it was ex an extraordinary feeling because I suddenly could control the environment. And when I previously was just maybe getting a photo right by accident, I now knew what I was doing. And that was such a powerful feeling. <laughs> so, so wonderful. And, and I was only at the beginning. It actually took me many, many months to keep developing with your help and the Goldie's help into a, a, you know, 90% understanding of it. Yeah. And I remember that moment that you posted, I can go outside in any <laughs> weather condition and I can make my own light. I feel very powerful at the moment, you know, and I'm paraphrasing yes. what you said. But I also remember the day I had that same feeling and there's been other gold members that have posted the same thing. It's like, I know how to control light. I have superpowers yeah. and it's just it's so exciting because suddenly <laughs> I'm not having to check the weather 50 different times and it's like you set up um, – you set up a garage and you actually did garage portraits, didn't you? You took the term yes. literally, but you were lighting them and you were, <laughs> because what was the issue that, that obviously you'd have people and then through the day the light was going to change. And so we needed to formulate a way and this is how I came up with Zero to Hero. I'm like, I need to give these people a way that they can have all the tools that they need to shoot anywhere in any lighting conditions that they can replicate anywhere in the world and it works. Yep. And you know what it was? It was, it was the pandemic because yes. I had just finished my front steps project, which was that volunteer family photography project. Let's, um, let's not, because we, I don't want to miss that. So let's just, because oh, okay. that, that sums up, you know, my entire theory on life and business is you have to give before you get. And I think you learned some really valuable lessons during the pandemic. So just talk us through how you um, structured that call out in your neighborhood and what was the uh, yeah. end result of that? Yes. And, and then I'll go to the reason why I started the garage studio because yes. it's, it's, it's tied in. Yes. So, you know, in San Francisco, um, we went through a um, very strict lockdown right away. And so that was March 2020. Right. All the schools shut down, all the businesses shut down. We had to stay home. And suddenly I didn't have my part-time job. I was not able well, we weren't even allowed to go out and photograph people outside. Um, so I just, I, a friend let me know that someone in Canada had started up something called the Front Steps Project, which was uh, a volunteer project where you go photograph people who are locked down in f families um, in front on their front doorsteps and give them a little bit of happy, a little bit yeah. of happiness. Yeah. And then they would, they would donate to charity in exchange. I left out the donate to charity. I just really wanted to give people some smiles. So yes. I, you know, I just thought about everybody I knew, um, in my, all my circles and I sent them all private messages with example photos that this woman had done in Canada. And, um, I got a lot of takers. I want to say I did 40 to 50 families Goodness over me. the 
over the course of the of one month and then I and I was extremely busy and I would spend 10 to 15 minutes with each family and I got good halfway through I asked them in advance you know tell me when the front of your house is in the shade um because (laughs) I wasn't using I wasn't using lighting then and I knew I knew we didn't want harsh sunlight. And, you know, I, I heard back from all of them that it was just so nice to do something, so, something fun, um, and rewarding and easy, um, in the middle of a really dark, extraordinary time. And, um, you know, the, the last photo session that I had done, which was like a day before we were locked down, we really were taking chances and didn't know it was a mother and daughter came in for headshots into my living room studio. Right. And then I started missing that. And my husband had converted one half of our uh, two car garage into a gym Mm -hmm. because he's a very active, physically active person and he could no longer go to the gym. And I thought, yeah, I wonder if I can like do Gina's garage lighting for, for clients. But then I thought, but I, but I really want, I really want to use lighting. And that's when you and I started talking about this concept of killing all the ambient light. Um, and that was when I really started getting active in indoor lighting and understanding that, no matter where I went, I could get exactly the shots that I needed for my clients. And it was brilliant because in this dark garage, I was able to get the exact same photo that I then did, you know, 40 miles away in a brightly lit technology office for, for the president of a company. And that was another aha moment. Like, Uh wow, I can actually take this anywhere. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. And there was some other really lovely things that came out of those front porch um, images that you took. Firstly, there was like 40, um, 40 images of families is quite a baptism of fire. So you really, because um, I remember you saying how much you got confident in posing families by doing so many over a short period of time, right? Yes. And actually, you're, thank you for that reminder. Aside from lighting, um, photographing families was my biggest fear. And I had done it, but I just felt I lacked confidence in posing them Mm. in, in dealing with all different ages and all the agitation that comes or the chaos that comes with multiple people and the different kinds of camera settings. And so, you know, I think also because it was free, it allowed me to not feel as much pressure. And I think from the very first session, we were just having fun with it. And I definitely made a few setting errors in the beginning, but it was only stuff that photographers would notice. Um, The the photos were were as happy as they would ever be with the correct settings. And um, yeah, definitely by the end of it, I was no longer scared of families. And it, it taught me that in order to face my fears in photography, I have to say yes to things that I'm truly scared of. And that has benefited me, benefited me time and time again. Yeah, that's been something that you've done a lot. You'll post, you go, I'm scared, I don't want to do this. No, hang on, and we'll talk. We do this a lot in the gold community. We, as a group, talk someone off a ledge. It's daily, isn't it? Really? There's someone on the ledge going, oh, I can't. I can't, I can't do this. And we're like, you know, you can, you can do it, you can do it. And then as a group, we, we gently encourage people to do that. But there were some other spin-offs from being this generous. I mean, A, you got to meet people in the neighbourhood that you would in no way meet before, but there was some work that came out of it as well, wasn't there? There was a lot of work, actually. Wow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. About ten families so far have come. Have yeah. Have have come back for, and it's not necessarily just family photography. Senior no. senior portraits. You know, for the kids who are getting older. Yep. Um, 
uh, d- did a couple of personal branding shoots, yeah. um, in- individual solo things. So yes. And I think just, um, the, the cheerfulness of my, um, every other day posts on social media, mm. celebrating each mm. family really helped m- me to become more known overall to my community about what I could do. So it, it is, um, it, I would, I would say even though I was photographing other people, which isn't usually a passion project, it was a passion project for me. Yeah, it sure was. And I think that that being like I love the idea of doing working with charities. And this in a sense was you were working for a charity of um, your brothers and sisters that you lived with, really. It was like the, the charity of yeah. the world, right? Because at that time yep. – this was not a time to be trying to profit off people. This was a time to say, hey, um, I can't make hand sanitizer or I don't know how to make masks, but I've got this camera and I know how to do this. And then maybe, you know, you won't like it this year because we're in it, but in five years' time, wouldn't this be a cool thing to look back on and remember, oh, yeah, that's right, we lived through a pandemic. So, And then from there yeah. you, you managed to get all this work and you did this free kind of um it's like a job interview that people get to see you know because you can post you can be as cheery as possible but until people get to work in front of your camera they don't really have an understanding of what it's like to experience what a photo session really is and all the extra little things that you do like they're not sure about what's this lighting paper or how come she's not just taking two frames and then letting us go. Why do we have to have all this? And then they see the photos and they're like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right. It gave it gave people a little, little smile in the middle of a terrifying time, you know, because back then we didn't, we didn't know this thing. You know, we didn't, we didn't know how big it would get. We didn't know how scary it would get. We didn't know how long it would last. It's lasted a lot longer than any of us thought. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of the people use them as their Christmas card photos. Oh, fantastic. So, (laughs) yeah. So from there, like you, you, you managed to like, you got really confident with, um, you know, posing and directing, you know, groups and dealing with teenagers with their sulkiness and, and, uh, little kids (laughs) running around, you get really good at that sort of stuff. So I highly recommend that, um, baptism of fire if you can, but then, um, we started like, we dug the heels in. So it was like, we get, get to this point and then suddenly you just decided, no, no, I'm only using umbrellas from here on in. I don't like octoboxes, right? And I'm like, yes, but, Lucy, you've got to go. You've got to try it. I don't like it and I hate these booms, hate them. Not using them, I'm going to do. And, and I, it wasn't you that posted but someone said to me, what's wrong with having two 45-degree umbrellas as headshot lighting? And I'm like, well, if you like shoulder no, pads. Me. Oh, it was you. And what I said, well, if you me. like shoulder pads, go for it. But they're daggy. It's a daggy way of lighting, you know. But, you know, hey, put your shoulder pads on and do the two at 45. And I think at that point you went, oh. <laughs> but you just <laughs> did not like the boom. So no, how did we, how know, did we work through not, that? I'm you st- still don't love it. <laughs> You haven't found I still the right boom it. for you. I, is, see, no, that's the that's the problem. Okay, yes. so I confession though, I yesterday I did it's it's the boom um, device. You know, it's the light stand. And yes. so so yesterday, what I did was I um, I actually put my my octobox that I love on it and changed the angle a bit yeah. and it. 
It's the contrastiness. I'm not yes. a contrasty headshot yes. person. Yes, yes, I yes. am a soft headshot mm-hmm. person. <laughs> and so I wasn't liking the 26 inch softball yeah, or right. octobox. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think I, I'll I think change I, that. Um, Don't worry. Yeah. My least. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so, so I, 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 I'm getting there. I'm, I'm, yep. that is definitely my next, what I have to do is find a light stand that works works for me. And I have, I now have, um, thanks to Rebecca in uh, the gold member, yep. I now have very heavy duty light stands yes. for my 36 inch octoboxes and my, you know, my full length octoboxes. And now I just need to, um, wait until Christmas and get, a boom that I can handle. I can't twist it yep. to change the angle of the octobox successfully. And so that makes me feel incompetent and makes me stop. Have you watched but the I, um have you watched the Sicily workshop yet that I just posted? Not yet. Watch that. That'll give you a fair idea. That's your boom that you've got that I'm using. I took it to Sicily. Really? If I can take it okay. to Sicily, you can take oh. it on location. So, and I show I you how like... I, I show you how I change the angle and everything. But just on Rebecca's okay. advice, is that the Avenger light stand that you're using? It, that's I got, heavy. I got it. I I got it at B and H, yeah. and it's 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 so heavy that yep. I don't need a heavy bag outside. Yeah, right. So, um, but it's, but it's, but it's not so heavy that I can't carry it. Yeah, right. So uh, I carried it for three blocks the other day and it was, it was just fine to use. So, I might get a, um, I might get a link off you when I put that in the show notes for that particular light stand. Cause I think there'll be people who go, well, it'd be nice to not have to carry, um, sandbags yeah. around that, that'd be Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you, you know what else happened on a recent headshot session? I was trying to use um, one of my old light stands as a hair light because, see, I've progressed also uh, in hair lights uh-huh. and things. And, uh-huh. and I, I saw it bowing. I had it I had it locked down oh, with a heavy right. bag and yeah, yeah. just with a very light octobox with a grid on it, mm. I it was it was bowing at the right. top. Yeah. So, so, so I will, I promise you, I'm still going to get there with the boom. <laughs> so pro tip on the light stands is if you go on to those Facebook secondhand, uh, marketplace sites or, um, eBay or anywhere where people are selling used gear, you can get like Manfrotto or really name brand, well-built light stands for, dirt price, dirt cheap. So look out for those. It's worth it. Like just every Monday, if you've got like 10 minutes, just go, all right, let me see. Or every Saturday, just like, let me see if there's any um, light yeah. stands here. Cause I've managed to pick up quite a few secondhand for $30 instead of 150. So they do exist. I'm a big fan. Cause it's yeah. like, let's look after the planet. We don't need to bring more stuff in. We may as well start recycling what's already there and you can pick up a bargain that way as well. Um, yeah. All right. So you did the, you did the knocking out all the light, the next big hurdle for you. And it came with another baptism of fire. And this happened just after we, I botched the last, you know, everything happens for a reason, Lucy. Um, the yep. last recording, you managed to score a massive gig. Do you want to tell us about that and how you needed to workshop that to work out how to balance daylight with flash? Are we talking about my 260 yes. headshots? Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I um, did, I, I have done high volume headshot work for corporate clients before, but mm-hmm. this was high, high, high. Yep. volume. It was for a major university mm-hmm. in the United States and it uh, spanned over uh, three days. And because of COVID restrictions, my preference to do studio style headshots was not going to happen. So um, the first thing I did was go on a tour of potential locations um, knowing I was going to have to light it yes. <laughs> and, and knowing what I was going to have to do. And I had done 
um, outdoor lighting for headshots just a few times. And I think just the stars aligned and they worked out well, but this was, this was going to be huge and it was going to have to cover many hours of daylight. Yeah. So So I had had to find. It was a situation where you'd be shooting in the morning where it's one kind of lighting and then shooting in the afternoon where suddenly it's all different. So you needed to workshop away because they couldn't have 50 different lighting styles. They needed to all look consistent because was it for a yearbook or they they needed to be side by side, these images looking consistent. Yes, it was for it was for um, postgraduates oh, right. um, for their for their professional headshots. Wow, so the future the, leaders of the country, right? Yes, Big yes, deal. actually, yeah. yes, in in many many different fields of work and expertise. So um, so we checked out a lot of places. There was one location that I really loved, but I was too scared of the sun, but I found this other location with a huge, uh, really big overhang. And I, I knew someone who worked there and I asked her to check it several different times of day, um, to make sure that the little part of the, this iconic building that had this beautiful kind of maze work in, in the beige building stones, um, that they wouldn't hit the sun. And once we discovered it was okay, I went back and I did a trial run. I hauled all my gear out, made sure I could do it, made sure I could put everything up, um, and took a bunch of pictures of this, you know, test subject that I knew. And, um, and I think also I had taken a bunch of test shots of my husband yep. just to get used to things, but I really had to do it on site to start yes. to feel confident. And from there I discovered, you know, that I would need a tripod, that the lens I was testing wasn't working, all sorts of things. And even though I felt very prepared having gone twice to the location, (laughs) um, the funny thing was by the time I got to it, the sun had changed significantly enough that there was a huge strip of sun right where I was going to be. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. So so l- luckily I had gotten there an hour early. Um and I could tell that that sun was not going to move enough so it was this huge this very large building and I was able to shift everything over. Amazing. <laughs> and, and and then from there it was I did four headshot subjects every 15 minutes, uh, for hours, for hours and, and, uh, built in time for breaks. I had an assistant the whole time who was wonderful and she would, she would handle the getting ready station with the oil blotters and the makeup mirror and the lint remover. And she would, she would even start to, cause she heard what I was telling people, um, and she could tell that my voice was getting hoarse after a while, yes. she would start to tell them the secrets to smiling authentically <laughs> right, so <fantastic>. that <laughs> all thanks to you. <laughs> and uh, so in the end, it was seven. And, and by the second day, I was actually able to do five clients per 15 minutes. And in the end, it was... Um, about 70 to 80 people per day for three straight days. And, and I also learned how to, uh, rapidly retouch. And I learned all of these wonderful ways to do batch things on both Photoshop and Lightroom. So yeah, so it was, I cannot wait to do my next high volume. Yeah. Yeah. Headshot day. (laughs) Amazing. And the next, um, comfort zone that I pushed you out of was for a, um, a uh, a pregnancy uh, shoot that you were doing mm-hmm. or a set or like a, a project that you were working on and you had yeah. prices in your head. What happened? So um, can I talk a little bit about the lighting for that? Because it yes. actually plays into Zero to Hero. So it was with my f- very first studio maternity client, uh-huh. you know, um, that I discovered that I could use light the way I wanted to. Right. I had, you know, I had to figure out how to light in silhouette or semi-silhouette, both 
the belly and the face of a model. <laughs> and <laughs> thanks to all of the work that we had done together, I figured out how to manipulate lighting to, to do that in a very soft rim lighting kind of fashion. And I really wanted to explore that more and offer maternity portraits to, um, to mothers to be, um, because I don't, I don't see the kind of work that I was doing out there much. And, you know, it, it, it accentuates the beautiful time in this woman's life without forcing the woman to smile at the camera. It's really about the, the human form and the beauty of the human form. And so, um, I wasn't sure how to, um, how to find people. I wasn't sure how to price it. So you and I on the gold membership workshopped a way to, um, you're going to, you can probably answer. I, I, I don't have the words for it, but a way to source prospects yep. in a gentle way yep. and also hold my own value for the end product. Well, the, the the big thing about this, the big takeaway for me was that I said, yeah. you're not charging enough and you were very resistant. Yeah. It's like no one's going to afford what oh. you're saying I should charge. And I'm like, <laughs> why don't you just prove me wrong? Just post and put your prices up and see what happens. What happened? What happened was I got a lot of interest. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> It was wonderful. Yes. Was, uh, yeah. I, I got a lot of interest. I got a few clients and, um, and, uh, because I priced myself accurately, I was able to weed out people who were really just looking for a freebie, which freebies. is not something exactly. Yeah. Which is, which is not something that I was wanting to do at that time. And so I got learning from it. Um, I built my skills. Uh, a lot of people got a lot of beautiful pictures <laughs> and, um, I actually was able to do a lot of nude work. Um, yes. so I, I wasn't able ever to share those things because no. those are very private, but that was, um, that was something that I really wanted to do. And, um, and going through that process actually led me to changing my pricing for everything else. Exactly. So and, we're talking a la carte. Yeah. It's not all you can eat, which is what the bottom end photographer is offering. It's like, you know, those buffets in Vegas where you pay 15 bucks and it's all you can eat, but it's actually just bread and pizza and then nothing yeah. and stodge. Yeah and yucky fried food, you know, anyone can go and eat there. And, you know, the difference when you go to a, an, an a la carte restaurant where, you know, the um, the oysters are sourced from, you know, the best place in the world, the, the wine, the, the the waiter is experienced and the, the chef is, you know, Michelin star, you go away having had that experience. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you can't just be shooting daylight and have no clue about posing and lighting and charge a fortune and get away with it. But when you combine all of these things, all those one percenters that you've been doing and you do the work and you give the client the experience and then you charge what you deserve, you, the, the clients find you and they fall over themselves to find you, don't they? Yes, and it's um... – and because I developed some customer relationship management systems for prospects, it's not it's it's not problematic for me if they don't like my pricing and just never respond because I know okay you, you know I'm not the person for you I'm not the most economical but I provide a superior kind of experience and what they're looking for is something more economical and so it, it's made all of that easier I never I never negotiate. Um, my rates are my rates. And um, if, if they need to find cheaper alternatives, they're, you know, they're going to do that. And the right people will come to me instead. So it's been beautiful. I, I, I still feel that I'm not 100% there yet yeah. on my pricing. And I think that there's room for another change in about six months. Yep. And, and then six months after that, that will probably be the case as well. Of course. It's all music to my ears, Lucy. Just one final question. Where do you <laughs> see yourself in five years? 
oh, I hope I'm still doing this and loving it. I hope so too. <laughs> I think somehow you will be, but, you know, just yeah. on a larger scale with, um, you know, better clients <laughs> and, uh, you know, more exciting shoots. Lucy, um, it's an absolute delight to work with you in the golf community. I love teaching you. I love where you're going. I just wish you nothing but continued success from here on, on in. And I just um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Well, thank you, Gina. And thank you for being our photography mom. We all adore you. <laughs> and it's like not a shoot goes by where I don't think that you're right next to me or that I, after the shoot, think, okay, I have to pulse this on the Goldies and let them know what I did. So thank you. Thank you for giving us all a safe place to land. Thank you, Lucy. It's an absolute pleasure. Take care. Bye. Okay. You too. Bye. <laughs> I love the fact that we can bring you photographers from all around the world. Lucy is based in San Francisco where she lives with, you know, her husband, her two teenage sons, her two dogs, her cat, her goldfish. (laughs) So um, she's got a full house. But uh, thank you, Lucy, for coming on the podcast. It's great to have you in there. We've got examples of Lucy's work over in the show notes, but you can check her out at Lucy, L-U-C-I valentinephotography.com and she's also at instagram um lucy valentine photography some great you know portrait shots and other shots in there as well all right so that brings us to the end of this week's episode gina i hope you're going to give your voice a rest and that when your visitors come over well what are you going to do when your interstate visitors come over drink (laughs) no (laughs) okay so flashcards i don't know i'll work it out (laughs) all right fantastic well thanks for soldiering on with this episode even though you've got uh you know some issues (laughs) (laughs) go go rest up with netflix and watch succession and um well below deck but my new one is yellowstone so i'm I love Yellowstone. It's so good. I'm, I, it makes me want to go to Montana. Anyway, you can find Gina on all social media at Gina Militia, M-I-L-I-C-I-A, but also at GinaMilitia.com, which is her website. And if you're interested in finding out about how you can work one-on-one with Gina, just click on membership over at GinaMilitia.com. You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.